as an industry made it our business to learn about games, how they work, about their resonance, and their successes or failures. There's a human side to the industry as well. My name is Paul James and welcome to Dev Diary, a series that explores and celebrates the incredible feats of the people behind the games as we dive into their stories, the highs, the lows, and everywhere in between. In this episode, we're joined by Rich Lambert, Creative Director at ZeniMax Online Studios. So join us as we explore his journey. Of course, Dev Diary is funded by an amazing group of people at patreon.com slash devdiarypodcast. They help grow the show, make it bigger, make it more successful, and they've got early access to this episode. Consider checking it out yourself, and if you can't do that, perhaps consider throwing the show a five-star review or equivalent on your podcast service of choice. Thanks a lot, and enjoy the show. So today I'm joined by Rich. How are you? Good, good. A little bit of trivia for you. It has been over 1,300 days since we last spoke for this show. Um, 1,300. Wow, just, okay. It was, it was PAX Oz 20, 2019. Okay. Um, and I'll bring out the exact number because I made sure to actually quote, the, uh, document this. Oh, wow. 1,386 days since the show went live. Wow. And, um, a lot has changed for you in that time. Yes. So how have you been doing? I've been, been good. We've been really busy. I'd imagine. Really, really there's busy. There's been a yeah. lot that's transpired for all things ESO in the in the years since we last spoke yep but before i guess we get to all of that i'd love to just kind of explore what your gaming consumption has been like over the years because <laughs> it is one of these difficult things for for developers at the best of times in terms of working on the art but then also potentially trying to carve out some time to consume it slash also keep away from it sometimes give right. yourself the space and breathing room so what's that been like for you over the course of the last few years what have, what have you been playing what have you been what are you keen on going forward what's it been like for you uh so i mean i I'm a huge gaming nerd. Like I love yeah. playing video games and whatnot. So obviously ESO is on there. I play regularly. Um, we have a, actually a group that we play with uh, every Thursday night. So yep. a bunch of people from our community, uh, we get together and we play basically what we call tipsy trials where it's, you know, it's 12 of us and we drink a little bit. Well, probably a lot. And then we just run trials and we just have a blast. And so that's one of the things I do. Um, the more drinking, the greater the experience. Yes, right? the the or louder everybody gets. Right? Yeah, yeah, no, the louder it gets, and of course, this is all streamed because there's yeah. a number of streamers on there as well, and so it's the community loves it, and, and we enjoy doing it. So that's that's one of the things. But I try to play everything I can. So you know, the Final Fantasies, um, yeah. you know, Horizon. Um, really big into you know roguelike, so Hades yeah. and you know vampire um, survivors and you know just anything I can get my hands onto to, to to really play and dig into is you know is what I love. Um, love the Diablos and the Path of Exiles and and whatnot. There, there's certainly a theme developing there with some of those, but I guess one thing that'd be interesting for me is obviously in in the time since we last spoke, a few things have changed when it comes to. Bethesda, Zenimax, and obviously the the acquisition. Yep, that obviously presents some additional opportunities for you. And has that has that had any bearing at all on the games that you? Play? I'm not I'm not saying all of a sudden you I'm 100 Xbox and I ignore everything right. or that sort of thing. But um, but does that influence a little bit of because you've got I guess opportunities where they may not have been before? Uh, I mean, not particularly. Like uh, I've always been able, you know, at least been in the in the fortunate enough position that if I want to play a game, I'm just going to go get go it and it. play it. Uh, you know, Game Pass has actually been really cool in that I would, I've been trying other games that I wouldn't normally yep. try. Um, but, you know, if I want something, I'm going to go get it. I'm going to find a way to do it. So it's the right way to go about it, yep, right? Yep. Um, just play whatever speaks to you, wherever that might be. Yep. Um, 
And I guess what what has that acquisition done for all things ESO over the years? Obviously, the game is still multi-platform, and um, you know that's that's not changing as as things stand anyway. Um, what is what has that presented for you and the team over the over the course of the last few years since that acquisition? And ha- has it changed anything at all? Really? Not not really, right? Like they, you know, the, the Microsoft team. Uh, has been really good about kind of being hands off. Like obviously they're coming in, they're trying to learn, they want to know kind of what we do, yeah. and how we how we've done our things. Um, but they also recognize that you know we're in a really good place, we know what we're doing, um, and so they they've basically just kind of left us alone and let us do what we need to do in order to keep the game going and and running the way it it should be, which has been really nice. No, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, and obviously in terms of the game itself, a lot has, we've touched on this, you know, it's been nearly four years. And so I guess at the, at the time we were leading up to elsewhere, the expansion at that point, wow, uh, yeah. that, that might just wow. set off some things like the amount <laughs> yeah. that's transpired that's since a lot then. Has but, changed. Um, but I guess for you over, over the course of that period and you even on a professional level, like what, what has that meant for you over those years in terms of maybe the change in the way you've approached your work, um, experiences in development, et cetera? Well, I mean, COVID was a, Big shock yeah. to everybody, right? You know, and and for us especially, we essentially had to relearn how to be game developers. How can we be collaborative when everybody's at home and not in the same room? Like that, that was a huge challenge because it's amazing how much game dev happens. How many problems get solved with just a off the cuff five minute chat, right? And you know, you walk by somebody's desk and their screen's flickering. You're like, what's going on there? Right. And you can solve a problem right there. Or you see something you've never seen before. You can ask questions like, how did this happen? What's, what's going on here? And and so we had to relearn how to have those conversations while everybody was at home. And it was, it was really hard. For you personally, I mean, obviously I assume it was hard for everyone. For you personally, I guess, how did you go about adapting to the circumstance because there's also the variables of being at home which means there's family around and there's being able and to there's animals all the time and, and yeah, all yeah. those sorts of things which for everyone in a range of different professions obviously would pose different types of challenges so what yep. was that like for you specifically uh it was really difficult for me yeah. you know personally like i already have a difficult time separating work and, and life yeah. like i've always had that you know if there's a problem i want to solve I dig into it. it until I solve it. And I am really terrible about bringing work home. And during COVID, it was like, I sit down and 13 hours later, I'm still at my desk doing my stuff. Right. And, um, my wife helped a lot with that. Um, I hate to admit this, but drinking helped a lot with that too. Um, I probably drank a lot more than I should have. Yep. Um, but that was how I was coping with it. And, and, you know, now that, you know, the restrictions have been lifted and, um, you're, you know, you're allowed to go out more and whatnot. I spend three days a week at the office and yep. then two days at home. And so that's kind of a nice work-life balance for me. Um, and it's really kind of up to the team, what they want to do and how they want to do it. And we have some people that are in the office five days a week because they get more work done. You know, they're not, there's no distractions there. Yeah, of course. Um, and other people don't come into the office at all. So we, we've tried to be, you know, as, um, as as fluid and as open as possible to to meet the needs of of the team and for you in terms of that transition back i mean obviously leadership position maybe that has some influence a little bit in terms of where maybe you need to be at different points but given everything that had transpired over those years what were some of those pushes and pulls for you in terms of making a decision on how you manage your time work-wise going forward because obviously you said you got the habit of bringing it all home with you I do, yeah. so i guess going back to work allows you to create that separation maybe make it a bit easier it, in some senses it does right you know like i 
my setup at home, you know, I have, you know, a, a nice desk with a couple of monitors and a couple of PCs. Um, but I was always at that, at that desk. So what I found is, you know, I was gaming, you know, when it was off work hours, I was gaming, but because I was there and I see an email pop up, well, I'll just do Don't this do thing. Right. Or, Oh, somebody messaged me on Slack. Oh, I'll just do this thing. Right. Um, now, I can go to the office, I can do that stuff, and it's easier for me, like, once I leave the office to kind of turn my brain off it. Um, I still check emails and stuff like that at home, but it's it's not as bad as it was during COVID. And that was a pretty easy decision for you to make to go, okay, if I go back in, this is going to create the lifestyle yep. that I want and need yep. to be. It's what I was used to, right? Yep. You know, so. Yeah, if you're comfortable with it um, and it worked before, then as soon as you're able to, why not? Make yeah, and yeah. I mean, I love being at home because you know I was with my wife all the time. I was with my my animals, right? Like, they were always there, but they're distractions, yeah. right? You know, somebody comes to the door. In the to, way possible, of course. <laughs> yeah, somebody comes to the door to deliver something. The dogs bark, and it takes you know five minutes to get them to settle down. Yeah. Well, if you're in the middle of a call, not ideal. Know, it's not ideal, right? So it's it's just all those little things. Yeah, I kind of learned that lesson a little bit myself. I had. Uh, at the time, a newborn on the way arrived late 2020. Okay. Um, wow. I had one that was two, was tearing around the place. My wife could <laughs> no. hardly move. Yeah. Dog, locked down. I'm teaching yeah. professionally. So you'd be in the middle, of, the middle of a call explaining things to students. Oh, hang on, give me one sec because my child just come barging into the room. Yeah. Or as you say, you know, someone at the door. So there's certainly those, for as much as you love being around them, there's certainly things that become easier when you can create that separation yep. and then allow you to, to really savor and treasure the, the time that you do have then at home as well. Um, in terms of the content itself, obviously, as we've touched on, so many expansions have come out since we were kind of discussing the upcoming elsewhere at the time. Um, purely on, the, I guess, the content side of things, how have you seen things growing and changing and what's worked, what hasn't? How, how do you reflect upon that time and those different expansions? Uh, yeah, so it's 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 been interesting. You know, one of the hardest things to do when telling stories is, you know, what do you do next? How do yeah. you how do you top yourself? You know, and elsewhere, elsewhere was dragons. Yeah. Like, how a, do we, how do we set dragons, right? Uh, and so, you know, we, we went through and, you know, we focused on telling different types of stories, you know, with, with High Isle, which was last year's chapter, um, that was more focused on, um, more, the word we used was Camelot. So yep. it was more knights in shining armor. It was focused on kind of the Bretons and their culture. And the, the story was more of this political one wasn't necessarily a end of the world type story but it was it was different it was very isolated to this one particular area uh, which could be also super engaging in a totally different way like some people will obviously really click with that kind of end of the world or maybe dragon yeah. whatever it happens to be but to have this you know diversity of uh, types of stories that you're telling can engage players in different ways yeah and it was it was much more kind of your traditional medieval fantasy right yeah. european medieval fantasy and players liked it um but they were ready for something bigger and better. And that was one of the bits of feedback that we got with it. It was like, it was cool, but, you know, we want to see something bigger and whatnot. Yeah. And so that's one of the things we we wanted to do with Necron, right? Where, you know, if Camelot was the word that we used to do, sum up, you know, the one word to, to sum up uh, High Isle, Necrom is cosmic horror, right? So, you know, you say that, you're like, okay, giant cosmic threats, big Daedra, kind of potentially end of the world type stories yeah. um, you know we got to experiment with you know cthulhu and these different you know visuals and and whatnot and uh, that's really resonated with the players. no that's uh, that's awesome and i guess the ideas are always constantly bubbling along too for for whatever is to come further down the road i won't i won't poke and pry for things that i shouldn't but, <laughs> but at the same time i guess 
there's always an eye forward, I presume, too, in terms of... Yeah, uh, I think when we spoke years ago, we were talking about the roadmap that I'm, I reckon when we spoke, I feel like you were talking about several years down the line. You probably had... I mean, some of the things that are releasing in the last 12 months are things that were probably hard, at least, you know, on the back end of the roadmap when we spoke all those years ago. Yeah, it, it takes about 18 months to build a zone. Yeah. So, you know, we're already working on next year's chapter. We have been for, for a while now. Um, we're... We're already working on stories things for 2025 and 2026. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it, it takes it takes a long time to do this. So we have to try to plan out as far as we can. And obviously, the game is kind of based. There's a, obviously there's a source material there in the core Elder Scrolls franchise. And so, I mean, the understanding is uh, for most people is quite clear that Elder Scrolls Six and whatever it ends up being subtitles is quite a way off. Mm-hmm. But obviously, that that is a looming thing on the horizon. Sure. And what does what does that mean for the way that you and the team? continue to develop and interactions with uh, BGS and in terms of, I guess, how, like, are there ways and aspects you might sneakily reference things in the future? That, <laughs> and again, I'm not going to ask for specifics. No, no, I see what like, yeah, yeah. You can kind of drop these little nuggets in there. That people perhaps won't even realise they're a thing until they go to play the, the six core games <laughs> right. whenever that comes out. Yeah, I mean... It- Obviously, they're the IP holders. Yeah. Right? They control the IP. And so we've had to work with them. And we do work with them very closely on any story, any lore-related things. Um, because anything that we do is canon. Yeah. So, uh, you know, that is that has always been in there. Um, that is something that, that that process has gotten way better over the years, right? There's a lot more trust between the teams yeah, now, of course. right? Um, you know, we have shown uh, them and proved to them that we care for the the lore just as much as they do. And, and um, we're allowed to do a lot. We get a lot more latitude to do things, which is cool. Um, but it kind of goes both ways. Like they are also digging in on like, well, why did well, you, you tell stories this way? You know, what are the things you have done? What are the new things that you have? To, right. So they've, they've kind of done that on their end as well, which is, which is really cool. So um, it's, it's a pretty good working relationship. And so that kind of becomes almost like this rule book, world rule book that kind of gets established that yeah. and crosses between both, yeah, we have we have essentially a lore library and a yeah. timeline um, so that everybody can kind of be on the same page. It's probably not as good as it should be, but um, we do have that. And I guess how does that how does that exchange between teams look like as you're adding to it, but they're looking to reference it? And what what does that kind of dialogue look like, and how does that get shared typically? For the for the most part, um, we send them or give them access to like our our confluence, yeah. so they can go through and dig through it as they need. Um, they also, I have a, a regular sync with their art director and, and um, Matt Carafano and then Emil, who's their design director, um, on a regular, regular basis with them as well. So. No, that's, that's awesome. And um, I guess as things continue to ramp up for that sixth game, it'll be fascinating to see how that, I guess, exchange looks over time. It's, it's been a long time since Skyrim and then obviously ESO yeah. and the build in those years since. Um I guess what have you seen when it comes to, and we've we've spoken about the different streams and those sort of things you get to have with community and influences mm-hmm. and the like, um, but in ter- in terms of the the dialogue that you get to have with the community as well, I guess bigger picture, what does that look like for you, and how's that kind of evolved over the years? And I guess even within that COVID window that we've already discussed, what was that like for you as well? Because the way that you would interact with yeah. the fans would look a little bit different too. Yeah, so I, I spent a lot more time um, on social media during the COVID stuff. I spent a lot of time in. On, on Twitch and just kind of spending time in those channels. I streamed actually for a while. Um, I did that for nine or 10 months um, mm-hmm. until it became just too much to, to, yeah. to do on, to be, a, on a regular basis. Um, but that was really cool to kind of be on that end and see 
you know, what the, what the, those content creators kind of go through and how they have to, to do their things and, and whatnot. Um, I, I enjoyed it. So, you know, that was, that was a big thing. And then the, the tipsy trials thing that we talked yeah. about earlier, that kind of started up just around the COVID time. Um, and it's been great. It's been like three years. No, that's, that's awesome. And, um, I guess as we cast an eye to the, the road ahead for, for ESO specifically, I guess what, what can and should people be looking forward to that we can dis- that we can discuss, of course? Sure. Well, I mean, I think that the big things are, you know, we're going to keep building ESO, keep yeah. improving it, making it better. You know, for as long as people want to play it, we're going to continue to do it. You know, we've got some really cool stories plans. We've got some really cool features plans. I think the kind of the, the biggest thing in, in my kind of, that's that's on my big list of things to do is kind of looking at the the new player and returning player experience. Yep. You know, ESO is huge. It's almost ten years old now at this point, point. Uh, and there's a lot of systems and there's a lot of stuff that's that's you know in the game, and we don't necessarily do a great job of kind of surfacing that and making it easy for players to either a know that that stuff exists or b um, kind of what's changed since yeah, somebody since left and then came lost. back, right? Um, and ESO was built absolutely built with the idea of you can drop in and drop out. Like that was the whole point of one Tamriel and making it easy to kind of explore the world and play with your friends. And so that's, that's kind of the, the next probably big thing I would say that we need to, to improve. And do you have any specific ideas in mind as to how you can. There's tons. Address something like yeah. That? There, there's tons of different ideas. Um, you know, right now the, the goal is to just make sure we really dig in on like, what are the pain points there? Yeah, and then we can start to kind of come up with solutions to address those. And so a lot of that obviously becomes sourcing feedback from the community, and again that dialogue. Yeah, stuff. and we we have a bunch of that. Um, you know, we're also going to focus too. on a lot of user research and, yeah. and stuff like that. And so it's at this point in the show that I want to make sure that I shout out all of the amazing patrons at the show shout out tier on Patreon.com/slash Dev Diary Podcast. Those people are supporting at the top tier in the show, gets them this shout out, and I'm eternally thankful because you are helping fuel the fire that is Dev Diary now and into the future. And so, with this newest episode, I want to shout out Scott Makes Games and my mum, Julie James. Thank you very much for supporting this show, and let's get back to it. Um, and so, I guess, continuing this theme of looking ahead, we, we obviously began the, the show by discussing kind of the, the consumption and, and those sort of things. So, we, we've spoken about, obviously, some Final Fantasies and Diablos and all yep, those sorts of yep. things you've been enjoying, casting an eye forward. Is there is there anything beyond all things ESO, of course, that uh, is high up on your radar to, to go and play? And yeah, enjoy? so I, there were two games in particular that I was looking at when I went to TGS. Yep. That was one of the things. So, um, Final Fantasy Rebirth. Yes, some Final Fantasy Junkie, and then the next Star Ocean, right? Like those. Oh are, yeah, that's... those are those are the kind of two big ones on my list um, to to kind of dig into when when they get launched. That re- uh, that remake remaster is looking amazing, and obviously Rebirth is yeah. shaping up incredibly well as well. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we it's absolutely bonding. <laughs> See them square JRPGs. Yeah. So, um, some fantastic picks there. Um, We've obviously touched on it before we started recording today that uh, you've spent a little bit of time up here in Sydney and then down in Melbourne now for uh, for this PAX window and mm-hmm. Melbourne International Games Week. Uh, what are your plans for, I guess, the remaining days that you're here? It's, we've touched on already. It's been a few weeks that you've been in town now. Yeah. You're certainly keen to get home. Yes. But uh, what, what does the remainder of this time look like? Well, I mean, they have me 
pretty scheduled out. Um, I joke about it, but it's 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 pretty true. They they have me scheduled up to basically the minute. Yeah. Uh, at this point, so you know, lots of interviews. Um, we have Dealing a big fans like myself. Yeah. <laughs> we have a a, a big community event that yep. we're doing tonight. Um, there's a number of panels and whatnot that we're we're going to be doing over the course of the week. So. Uh, just a lot of that kind of stuff. And then where I can trying to get out and wander around a little bit and see some more stuff in 2019, you know, I was able to wander the river and go see some of the cool things. I, I found an arboretum, which was yeah. really cool. Just kind of exploring here in, in Melbourne. So um trying just trying to do a little bit more of that look as a, as a melbourne i don't base too many of your memories on the the river because <laughs> how, how dirt brown that is but anyway but um <laughs> it's easy to navigate right as well, long as i stay near the river i know i can always find my you way always find your way back it, it is handy like that yeah um i guess what and again speaking as a melbourne i guess what have you seen over the years and what is still on potentially the list to to go and check out uh, i mean the, the arboretum speak, right like that was well. that was kind of the the biggest thing um outside of that um I don't really know. Like when I was in Sydney, um, I actually got some time to go to the zoo. Nice. Which was cool. So I took the ferry over to the zoo, which was amazing and kind of exploring that. Um, so that was kind of the, the big thing on my, my, uh, my radar for that. Um, I got to watch the grand final, which yep. was cool. Um, it would have been amazing to actually be part of the hundred thousand people that were at watching the MCG, that. At the yeah, MCG, it was pretty incredible, which was neat. Um, I missed out on the on the pub experience. I actually fell asleep and then woke up right at kickoff, so All right. I had to watch it in, <laughs> in my hotel room. But um, you know, I was madly texting with. What do, what do you think of the game? I guess having been able to, it, it was cool. Like being able to. I, I mean, I'm a big sports junkie. I yeah. love sports. And so it, it took me probably three quarters before I started to really understand some of the mechanics. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, it was cool and it was super high scoring. Like, yeah. and I love that there were five or six lead changes in there. Like it was probably closer than it should have been. Cause yeah, in the end, it was a bit of accuracy. Was, it was yeah. Collingwood. Collingwood 12 was, goals, 18. To yeah. And they had a whole bunch yeah. of, you know, the, the, the one pointers or whatever yeah. it was. What are, what are they called? Behinds. The, behinds. That's right. Um, so, you know, they, they vastly outshot, you know, the, the other team, but um, yeah, it was it was cool. I dug it. Well, I mean, if you're ever back, and I'm I'm speaking knowing that there's people can overhear us right now. <laughs> Whenever you're back, if you need an expert to take you through it, I'm more than happy to, to show you through the game at some point. Uh, I, and I can get you access to a few things too, which is kind of handy. That so, would be that um, would be amazing. So if you if you ever in need, yeah, right, right down to a grand final. In fact, I can get you into. So oh wow, yeah. Um, cool. You hear that? It's who, it's who you know to know to that one. We're just writing it down right now. So, um, so of course, if you can, I'll, I'll make that happen. But but it's been fantastic to have you back in the country again, and it's it's been a few weeks. And thank you so much for giving all of us here in Australia the the, the time that you have, and um, for for the remaining days as well. Um, it's, it's been an absolute pleasure. It, thank you very much for coming. It's been back. my pleasure too. Like I I really enjoy doing this kind of thing. So thank you for spending time with me too, and letting me talk a little bit about ESO. If people do want to. I guess tune into what you're up to uh, in terms of the development side, but also even you personally. Where should mm -hmm. people go? Oh, that's a tough one. I, I I used to be on social media quite a bit. Yeah, I'm not as much now. Um, you know, I guess the the big ones. You know, now that I've just started kind of my Instagram thing, you know, I post a lot of my woodworking things on there now. Yeah. So, you know, I've seen a bit of that. Yeah, Instagram and, and and Twitter are kind of the the big places, I guess. That's or it. X, I guess. Yeah, whatever it's called now. Do, do we erase <laughs> that name? I don't think. Whatever it's called. But um, no, for as long as they allow us to still type Twitter into the URL and go and find up at the right place, then it's Twitter as far as I'm concerned. But, Agreed. Yeah. Um, well, obviously, yeah, for everyone listening, make sure to tune in and uh, check out more of what Rich is up to. But 
for now, it's been a fantastic opportunity to get to chat again. Cool. Thanks uh, so much. It's not four years before we get to do so again. <laughs> I agree. But with the temptation of a grand final in the future, maybe <laughs> it'll be 12 months and I'll see you back. Um, thank you very much for, for chatting and I guess enjoy the rest of this, this coming week. Awesome. Thank you so much. And for listeners, as always, thank you so much for listening and I'll see you next time. That concludes this entry of Dev Diary. Be sure to subscribe to this feed, share with your friends, and give us a five-star review to help boost the show up the charts for greater exposure. If you have any people you'd like me to reach out to an interview, then please find me at Paul James Games on Twitter to help me get in touch with them. Until our next episode, however, that's been Rich's story. Thank you much for listening, and I'll see you next time.